Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I might chip out, man. I got this, yeah. Welcome back, Ankle Pickers. We have a big pod back and ready for you, as always. Fresh off the phenomenal interview. Thank you again, Tony. And thank you for hitting our ankle lock. We followed him into the gates of hell and it worked. Exactly. Making all of our pockets it. richer. Exactly. Especially with that round two prop. I think it sat around 450, 450 for all of us and it lined all of our pockets on Saturday. Yeah, if you, it's definitive. If you listen to this program, you will cash out on interview predictions. It's, it's, it's just a fact at this point. Undefeated. So anyway, if you come on this show, said, you win your fight. It's undefeated. It's undefeated, baby. With all that being said, no Rasta Pico today. We do have Country Club. We do got DKMMA underscore Longhorn slash Capper slash BJJ Black Belt slash whatever the fuck he goes by these days. With all that being said, we have got we we got our stars of the week ready. Little one two three action and. An ankle pick first, a dishonorable mention. Kobe, start us off with a dishonorable mention. The minus 300 favorite, Abdul Razak Al-Hassan. He has taken an L once again as a minus 300 or better favorite. Terrible. Not only that, it was Jacob Malkoon, the Artem Lobov to Robert Whitaker. (laughs) Gets roasted all week. (laughs) Pulls off the biggest dog on the card, I believe. Mm-mm, so Gravely. Gravely was the biggest favorite. Right. But it, so Malkoon was the biggest dog to cash, I think. Oh, oh, oh true, true, true. Yeah, 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 yeah. So with that being said, we have a dishonorable mention, which was always great. Ankle pick first. And then we got three stars. First star of which is Gerald Mershart. Submission. First round over Bartos Fabinski. The only reason why it was a third, even though it's like one of the only finishes, is just because it's 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 Mershart. I mean, it's not that big of a deal. Nothing's changing in the rankings. BJJ expert, I'm tapping you in here. What do you think of that submission, friend? Yeah, I mean, it was a good one. It was, we said on the episode last week that this was probably his only route, and it's just good to see him back in the wing column after that brutal knockout to Hamza. <laughs> brutal. And, and he – I think I was on that plus 500 anyways. Uh, yeah, it was – like you said, we, we said that's his path to victory was the submission game. He worked it well. I think Merchart – might not be a play going forward. You know, this might've been your one spot to get him. I, I know Bartos, he beats, uh, who was, who did he beat? Carl, not Carl Roberson, uh, the dentist, Darren Stewart. So that was a good win, but I think it's back on the losing train for him. This one I'm excited about main event. I might've had this for, I uh, know I had Whitaker subs. So I was going for the, for the haymaker, but Bob Knuckles, Robert Whitaker. Chin holds up again. Not that it really ever got tested, but third straight hard hitter. He's set down. And I think he's next in line for that Izzy rematch. Yeah, he looks phenomenal. Back to his phenomenal. old self. Phenomenal. Mixing it up with those combos, absolutely beating Kelvin to the punch everywhere. Um, yeah, it was super awesome. Yeah, he looked phenomenal. And when I say I was for those to get an inside scoop on our group chat, our little WhatsApp that goes on during the day or whatever. 
I was going nuts that this Whitaker, this Bobby Knuckles beats Israel Adesanya. We'll table it for now because this will be a two and a half hour pod if we don't. But jot it down. If we get this healthy, this looking Robert Whitaker against Izzy, I think it's going to be Izzy's toughest test yet at 185. I really do. Not to get Bogdan Bogdanovich, but where does your boy Marvin Vittori come into all this? I love Marvin. I know you do. That's why I'm asking you. I think think he's on deck. I think he probably doesn't take another fight either. I don't see why he would. That the middleweight doesn't need to. No, he doesn't need to. The middleweight rankings, that's the one thing I'm glad you brought up. I always say this. I remember I've gotten arguments with people that think the light heavyweights, the middleweights, and honestly, even the welterweights get gassed up because they're they're so top heavy. And people are like, oh, the, those divisions are strong. But like Marvin Vittori, for example, like when you look at middleweight, it's like, okay, Costa, after that embarrassing performance, he at, need, at least needs another notch on his belt, at least. And then I would say at least one. And then, I mean, maybe – Vittori Cannoneer, but Cannoneer just got his, his shot at Bob and Law. So it's, it's, I don't really see him fighting. I think some, one of those other guys, Costa or Cannoneer, is going to fight Darren Till because I know Till's been in the mix of just as far as being talked about. But yeah, I think Bob's clean cut and then Vittori's right on deck. And then our number one star, and no one's surprised by this at all, it'd be a, it would be a crime if we didn't, Tony Gravely. Coming in with the second round KOTKO, lining all our pockets and predicting exactly how it was going to go down right here on Ankle Pick Pod. It was impressive. He looked phenomenal. He controlled it, but I won't lie. That submission attempt got me scared. Yeah, that, that guillotine looked deep. And it he did, it did. It did, but it, and he Danny, defended I, it the same way he said that he was going to defend it, though, too. Like he said that the wrestling was coming in, keep your chin tucked, and that's basically exactly what he did. And Danny also mentioned on the pod that he's noticed that in a, in a lot of his fights, he isn't afraid to wrestle into the jujitsu. And you can see why he did exactly what he was supposed to do. Remain calm. I, I thought I almost saw a tap, but W nonetheless, KOT, KO second round. And we all hit our plus 450. And that's all you can yeah. ever ask for. I mean, he got, he got my night started running. And it didn't stop there. I don't think I mentioned yet. I had an eight-unit sweep. Got to bring that up for the listeners. Uh, I mean, I hit Tony Gravely inside the distance. I hit Tony with Robert Whitaker parlay. Hit Tony in round two, even though that wasn't tracked. Just a little sprinkle from my own pockets. But an awesome night. Yeah, we'll get we'll get better at posting our plays again. We fell off a little bit, but Danny and I have been red hot. I think. Other than my Tony Gravely third-round prop, I layered both of those. I had a clean sweep as well. Great night for me. I won't lie. I did, if I remember correctly, I did get a lucky decision. Um, not Orlovsky. Orlovsky won outright. But other than that, it, it was a great night for the boys. And I'm looking to keep it going. So, yeah, props out to, to Gravely, and I hope we get him back on the program. He's a phenomenal fighter and somehow even a better dude. So you love to see it. Up next, news and notes. Gentlemen, what do we got on deck? I know we got tough announcements. Just the rosters came out for the Ultimate Fighter, and it is officially airing on June first. And by roster, I mean by roster, I mean people on the show. I do not mean teams. I don't. Teams are not out. They're going to draft those teams. Um, Oh, it's also two weight classes, right? 
I'm pretty sure it's it's Bantam and and light heavy. It's something big. I remember being surprised by the size. Welter maybe Bantam middle. Could be middle. I'm not sure. I think I would remember if it was light heavy. I don't think it is light heavy. Yeah, it might be middle. But I remember the I remember thinking being taken back, being like that's big for the 135ers. And then what else? Oh, my big tidbit for those who haven't been watching one championship on TNT. Phenomenal product. I've been enjoying it. Muay Thai is a great mix in. And John Lineker, UFC uh, vets have had a tough go at it in one so far. Demetrius Johnson got stouched in round two. Eddie Alvarez, who's coming up on this Wednesday's card, I believe, after the DQ loss. And now we have uh, Lineker getting the KOTKO, which is nice to see. So all good there. What else? Any fight announcements, boys? No big fight announcements. Uh, some some business news. Wiz Khalifa joined the professional uh, the PFL ownership group, um, and I think he's also a, a brand ambassador partnership kind of deal too. Okay. And then speaking Ooh. of PFL, we got a uh, Pettis's debut this weekend, Friday tomorrow, today yeah, I guess when the episode comes out. He posted a tweet that he wanted to do interviews. Country Club jumped on it, but I'm guessing we didn't hear back. <laughs> so. Pattis, you missed your chance to get blown up, which is fine. <laughs> and so that's it for news and notes. So we'll just transition right into the card here. We have a big one this week. I was just mentioning it. It is UFC 261, but there's 13 fights of right now. Knock on wood, hopefully we get all 13. I'm, I know he pads the cards as of recent because of just scratches. Especially and, the pay-per-views. Yeah, especially on COVID season. He wants to have a full deck so knock on wood but yeah 13 fight fight card which is always crazy to see and this one starts at five o'clock central on espn2 then moves along at 7 p.m for the prelims on espn so we'll start with the early prelims as always and we'll kind of just work our way up as we usually do so first fight is ariana carlosi versus na liang and the line on that, let me get my best fight odds up. I know they definitely didn't organize it per my request because they don't give a shit what I have to say. I'm seeing Carnalosi minus 220 yep. and Yang plus 180. Plus 180 there. And you know what? You know my opinion on this fight. I've taped a little bit of it. I do like the Brazilian. I give her the edge. But I, I, I don't see myself laying this unless it's a dog, you know. Or, or maybe the over, but I, I'm going to lay off this one personally. So you said you're on less, and I think I might be able to get you on my train. I'm going to be betting this straw weight curtain jerker. I know that I, I've been sworn off women's MMA a bunch of times, but this is an extreme scenario for me. Um, so Carnalossi at 5'2 is a bowling ball. She's strong as hell. She's like muscle bound. She's like bulldog mentality. Uh, I expect some like Dirty boxing against Boy, the Thai background too. Um, versus Naliang, she's gonna come in thinner, a little faster, but she's gonna tower over Carnalasi with a seven-inch height difference at five nine over this five-two woman, and she's a big prospect coming out of of China. There's not a ton of tape, but uh, there's a lot of hype, um, just kind of on Twitter and all around about her. All fifteen of her professional wins are by finish. I think if she gets to this fight to the mat, it's over. And I think that one, she she will be able to. She has pretty decent wrestling. And two, if it's on the feet, it's 
I don't see Karnalasi point fighting here and being able to pick apart this five nine woman. I, I just think that plus one eighty is is a generous line for for Liang, and I think that I might even sprinkle by sub. And that's sitting at I'm pulling up uh, best fight odds. While you find that sub line, I I lean the Brazilian for exactly what you said that pressure go for its fighting style. And for those who do tune into women's MMA, which I know seems to be few and far between, she had that uh, loss to Angela Hill, and I always like Angela Hill, and but that was her, I believe first loss ever no she lost to amanda hebos on his first ever fight on a regional scene but what a draw but first fight in a long time and and i love angela hill and i think that the reason why you mentioned the size difference i think she's going to represent a very similar style to angela hill as far as length goes so i like seeing that and i think angela hill obviously is a significantly better fighter yeah i just i just don't think that carnal is going to be able to get it done I like the plus 450 by sub sprinkle and plus 180 is probably going to see right. my card. Well, I didn't have a strong read on it either way. So you heard it here out of Danny's lips first. If he's betting women's MMA, you just straight up know he means business. I just instantly like the Brazilian. So, Dan, honestly, you said you were going to get me on it. I think you might have. You seem pretty confident. Well, she, even getting deep into her resume, we don't have to spend too much time on it. I just wanted to mention that two of her four losses the are. Anger thing? Uh, yeah, Liang, it's, it's yeah. Lilia Shakarova, Maria Gapova, two girls yeah. that have made it to UFC and are, are not bad losses at all. And she's yeah. just dominant in all of her wins. Yeah, no, she, her resume isn't, no. Her, that includes a win over Liana Jojua. Yeah, your, her resume isn't bad for someone who's never fought in the UFC by any means. It's Hasn't fought in the UFC, but fought. For UFC woman. It's impressive. You're right. I'm with you. I like what you're seeing. Moving up the card, we have a flyweight men's bout from between Jeff Molina and Quilang Iori. Iori. What's the line on that D? You got it up? Uh, this one is... One ten each I think way. Yeah, I think it's even. One ten each way. And from what I'm seeing over at Five Dimes, little to no line movement whatsoever so where are you leaning what are your initial thoughts on this this one i've actually had some time to tape so i'm interested to see what you have to think yeah definitely uh this is one i'm either i'm I'm excited for this one but i kind of a feeling it's going to be just a boring kind of war of attrition on the fence um but but a still fun clinch grappling exchange molina out of glory mma with james kraus he likes to set a fast pace and is really really well rounded. Um, if you know anything grappler. about James, if you know anything about James Krause too, you know his BJJ is going to be on point. I think he's right. coming off three straight submission finishes, or, or maybe not three straight. I know his contender series I taped was a decision, but he's been having submission victories prior to that contender series fight. I know he's been getting the job done. Right, I definitely. Like yeah. And Aori, the uh, Mongolian murderer, great nickname there. <laughs> uh, he's a good wrestler, but I don't. I didn't see that he had the best gas tank. Um, I kind of saw him gassing in, in the very few minutes I, of tape I could so see. I do think this is a really hard cut for him, especially being 5'7 to get down to flyweight. I just – I'm interested to see how he looks in the weigh-ins, to be honest with you. 
because if he looks fresh, that's the one thing that I really got out of it is there's going to be a pretty decent size difference as far as, as not height goes, but, but strength, I would imagine. I really would. Now Molina's a lot more limble. He's a, he, I, I think a submission could be incoming, but this one, the 110 lines fitting. The 110 lines fitting from what I've seen via taping. I, I just am intrigued by the size of Iori here. And if, yeah. if he looks good on the scales, I always am harping size. Yeah, I, I kind of lean the other way. I, I think that the, the pace that Molina is going to set and just the ability to stay at that pace. And I think that Aori is not going to be able to hold up come round three. I, I kind of lean Molina and, and the over. I also think Iori's experience is going to play a factor. So I guess maybe you guys are hearing me get typecasted here because I always harp on two things, size and experience. He's got a fight against Kaikar France on his record. He's got – and a, lo- a lot of his losses are, are by or wins and losses are not necessarily super notable names. But he's gone to a, lo- a lot of wars. And, and I don't know what this uh, WLF wars – promotion is it's a good one it's it uh, one of the top ones in russia in these russia? guys are all good wrestlers that's what i was gonna say so we'll see i'm i'm more excited for this fight than i initially thought i was going to be yeah um moving up the card lightweight bout harigo vargas versus zoo oh boy wrong plus 210 for vargas wrong minus 250 this is my favorite. It's like if, if you're trying to you're trying to see some animals and, and you go like to the local pond, but you meant to go to like the real the real zoo, you wound up the wrong zoo. We've got wrong zoo fighting against Rodrigo Vargas here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Vargas is own two in the UFC. It took you a long time to get there, but I'm really glad you did. Um yeah, I saw this name and I was like, oh, I, I've gotta figure it out. Wrong um, zoo. <laughs> I couldn't think of two different zoos though. But I've only been to a couple. There's gotta be like a San Diego zoo that has the pandas and there's a San Diego zoo that doesn't have pandas. And you went to the wrong zoo if you wanted to the see wrong the pandas. Zoo. Yeah, that makes sense. But um, regardless, Vargas, 0-2 in the UFC, lost to Brock Weaver, a fight that he was winning, but then landed in a legal knee, and Brock Weaver took the Sterling way out. Uh the other one was Alex da Silva. Wrong Zoo is exciting. He's 21 years old and has 20 pro fights, 16 finishes. Yeah. Uh, that's that's kind of ridiculous. Fighting out of the WLF wars as well. And um, do you guys remember Burren Wuliji? He had a minor stint with the UFC. He fought him back in 2017, which is good experience. I mean, experience is something that you can only earn. You know, you can't, you can't teach it. So I – for a guy being born in 2000, I was shocked by how many fights this man had. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. And Vargas on the other side is a hard-hitting Mexican who is 35 now, fighting out of Mexican pride gym. So 35 versus 21, talk about a generational gap. Right, exactly. Um, and the younger fighter is the taller and longer fighter. Um, just like the same as like you said, I don't know if I can trust the level of competition that he's been facing. <laughs> But I, I kind of think that he's going to finish Vargas here. I think that this is a favorable match that he's been uh, handed by the UFC. Yeah. And he's going to get a nice finish. 
to start out his career and hype him up on a pay-per-view. Well, do you remember that Brock Weaver loss he took from that illegal knee? Brock Weaver was getting worked. Like, right. I don't want that to get twisted. It, it, right. was just a, it was just a very stupid decision to throw that knee up the gut. That's all. Um, oh, definitely. Brock Weaver, by the way, recent UFC cut for all those who don't follow the cutting that much. He got cut like – I know he's had a fight out of the promotion already, but he dropped two straight and then took that illegal knee, so that's a thing to be noted. Okay. Uh, last one on the early prelims. Again, this starts at five. We have a Bantamweight bout. And Kevin Natividad, a guy who we called the COVID fighter once upon a time when he fought Miles John, is fighting Dana Bat- Batergli. Bat Gerald? I I really don't know. I don't know either. And I don't really care. Uh, But the line on that is plus 160 for Natividad, Dana minus 185. Uh, This is one I didn't do a ton of taping for. Both of these guys definitely, excuse me, both of these guys definitely have KO power. I lean Bat Gerald just because he's a Jackson Wink guy. I think he's going to come in having the better camp, having the better game plan. Um, I also kind of just think he's the better striker of the two, but Natividad is dangerous. Um, I see fireworks happening early in the first. This should be exciting. Um, I lean bad Gerald in the under. So I, I did get to do a little more taping for this one. I am actually excited for, uh, Dana. We're going with bad Gerald here. I'm excited for him. And mainly because I, I was watching his fight against Alatang Haley and he lost. But I, I'm not – for a guy, a guy of his size, I'm not worried about him gassing at Bantamweight. And, and again, I know I already harped on size enough. I, I, I do love size. But I think that those three rounds, because he lost via decision to Alatang, is a great experience boost for him. And I, I feel really good against – if he's going three hard rounds with Alatang Haley. I kind of like his chances against Kevin Natividad here. And the line's not nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be at open. So that's always good. Yep. I'm right there with you. Moving up the card. We got a seven o'clock start time for the prelims. Now we're starting to get into like some real, real, not that those were fake fights, but we're getting into some real players here. So starting off the night, we got Pat Zabatini versus Tristan Connolly. Right after this one, it's it's straight killers. I mean, these guys are all killers. Don't get that. No, yeah, th- these guys are killers too. I'm excited for this one. All right, let's Sabatini, get to it. So Sabatini's a great grappler. Sabatini's uh, minus two twenty five, and Tristan Connolly plus one eighty five. Um, go ahead, Dan. You, I think you know a little bit more about this one than I do. Yeah, I'm excited for Sabatini's debut. Uh, he's a great grappler, black belt in jujitsu, and he also has great top pressure. So, I mean, he's a good enough wrestler to, win, wrestler to win rounds from the top and a decent enough striker to set things up. And he, he hits like a truck. He has a, a rear naked choke on his resume over our guy, Tony Gravely, which mm. shows how good of a grappler he really is. How uh, is it even possible? Aren't these guys fighting at like welterweight? They're, so they're fighting at featherweight, which is interesting because Tristan Connolly Tristan Connolly is coming off of that Michelle Pereira win. That's why I asked. That's what I was thinking. Okay. So this is going to be a really interesting cut for him. I'm interested to see what he looks like. on. I mean, the that's scale. a lot of weight. Ton. Hit 55 altogether. And he, and he mm-hmm. won. He beat Michelle Pereira as well. Right. Those He's who... the one that derailed that hype train originally. Yeah. 
And he's a good grappler in his own right. He's a 10th planet guy. He's durable as hell too, as we saw in the first minute of that Pereira fight. Um, this was just going to be really fun. I, I, especially if you're a grappling fan, I'm ex- excited to see if it gets there or if these guys are just going to bang. But regardless, this should be, I this wonder be really what, dope. I wonder what prompted a two-weight class cut after coming off a win. I, this I mean, he hasn't of, fought since 2019. Since. So he had a cancel bout in 2020, though, early 2020. So about a year ago. So, okay. I, I'm, I'm excited to see it. I'll hold out hope that he makes the weight. But if Connolly's coming in plus 185, moving that many divisions, I'm intrigued, to say the least. I'm intrigued by that. Definitely. Are you leaning like the fighters? I know. I, I, I don't. This one's a pass for me. I'm just really excited for it. Uh, yeah. it's, a, it's a tough draw for Sabatini getting a guy who's not a featherweight and is going to be bigger than him. But I'm just really excited for this. Especially in any type of grappling exchange. Right. Middleweight bout. Carl Roberson, Brendan Allen. This is one that I, I know, if you're familiar with our program, we are, we are big fans of Brendan Allen here. His grappling is phenomenal. Coming in at minus 155 here. Carl Roberson plus 135. That one surprised me. It opened at 150. I won't lie. I'm not going to beat around a bush. I was I was shocked by that one, by that open. And yes, yes, I'll leave it out there for those listeners. Brendan Allen, I believe, was derailed our 7-0 ankle lock or something crazy like that. 6-0 ankle lock with his last loss. But I still, I still think he's a guy who – his grappling and his submission skills will really lead him far in this 185 division. Yeah, I agree with you. Roberson probably is going to have the striking advantage. He's longer. He's good at range. He's got good movement, good angles, good entries. Um, but the pattern with Brendan Allen is, is if he can take you down, he's going to dominate you. Uh, if he can't, who knows? But I, I, I really think that he, he's going to show his dog mentality. Um, he also just moved to Sanford MMA. So he's been getting better rounds, uh, getting training with guys like Gilbert, tries like guys like Rampage who have been ground and pound specialists. Um, also just Henry Hooft. And so I imagine that he's going to have a good striking game plan. Um, I, I see him getting this done here. And I, I think that I'm going to bet Allen at minus 155 what it's sitting at. Yeah, I like Allen there. And so you got to remember too with Allen here is he's only one or he's only 25. And I also want everyone to remember, not so much the Sean Strickland fight. That's one we should probably forget about. But the, the, the Kyle Dawkins fight, he was like a human backpack. And Kevin Holland, he beat by rear naked choke, which hasn't aged as well. Wait, what the fuck? Sorry. But he beat Kevin Holland the same way that anyone should beat Kevin Holland. I mean, it, he wrote that game plan before there was a game plan. Yeah. And, but I wanted to mention that Carl Roberson came off a rear naked choke loss to Marvin Vittori. Now Marvin Vittori is a totally different animal, but something that I wanted to be note that a rear naked choke is absolutely in the cards for Brennan Allen. Absolutely in the cards for Brennan Allen. Moving on. We got a welterweight bout Dwight Grant coming off his first TKO loss to, and then he's fighting and this is at welterweight. He's fighting Stefan Sekolik, who's coming off a big uh, suspension from USADA. So 
if ring rust is a thing, I'm sure he'll be feeling it. Also, it's just interesting to see how he's going to look uh, off the juice. Yeah. It's always interesting. Always interesting. So do you have any read here? I know the line on this one. Let me get it for you. Dwight Grant minus 220. Stefan Sikolik plus 180. Yeah, so Grant, uh, he, he has decent hands. He hits hard. He isn't the best grappler, uh, even though he trains at AKA. And I, want, I also want to point, put an asterisk on that. If Khabib is in his corner this weekend, I take all of this back. And please do not put any money against a guy who's being cornered by Khabib. Uh, <laughs> but Sekulik, is, he's a Luda Libre black belt, which is kind of like the submission wrestling of Brazil. It's a cousin of jiu-jitsu. And he also trains with Dusko Todorovic, who's a guy I like. Um, but the same kind of subtraction that I take from Dusko is who tends to leave his chin out in the air as he exits and exchanges. So does, um, what's his name? Sekulik. And that's one thing that I'm worried about, but I, he, he is willing to take you down. He's willing to grind you out. And he's also just a good striker as, as the Southpaw. Um, I think that that price is a good number and you might see me lay a unit on it. Okay. I like to see it. I I'm inclined to agree with you. Uh, Welterweight main capper for the preliminary card. Alex Oliveira, haven't seen him in a while, versus Randy Brown coming off that Vicente Luque L, I believe. He might have had one more fight in between there. The line on this, oh, Randy Brown minus 145. Alex Oliveira plus 125. This opened at minus 170 in favor of Randy Brown, believe it or not. Hmm. I like Oliveira there at the plus my at the plus line. I won't lie to you there. Yeah, Cowboy Oliveira is uh Coming on his last fight made us a bunch of money was Shavkat Rachmanov's debut. Yeah. And he's a very seasoned veteran, like very seasoned. For 33, you don't a lot of people don't totally give him the respect I think he probably deserves as far as experience goes. I mean, he's he has some bad L's, like Mike Perry's a bad one. The Nicholas Dalby fight he should have won. Um, but he also just has been I mean, he's been in the UFC for what, 15 fights now, 16 fights, as long as I can remember. I mean, longer, 20 fights now. And he's fought guys like Gilbert Burns. He's fought guys like Donald Cerrone, Will Brooks, Will Brooks out of the UFC, but uh, Tim Means. I mean, he's got, a, I mean, Yancey Medeiros, Carlos Conde. I mean, the whole Gunnar Nelson, the whole list is is top to bottom is far superior to anything Randy Brown. Chopcott. What? I'm just mentioning Chopcott again because I think he's a killer. Oh, um, yeah, he's an absolute killer. But, yeah, I see this the same way. Uh, Randy's probably going to have some success at range. But if Cowboy remembers that he's the veteran and and he has the game plan and he's seen and beaten Randy Browns before, he he should be able to get this done and win win at least two of these rounds. The only thing that worries me, the one thing that worries me is I like how Alex Oliveira can lean on his jiu-jitsu. And Randy Brown is no slouch off his back. No slouches, and he's so long. I, I don't think Oliveira gets caught by any means. Just something to be noting. I think that does take away a path of victory for Oliveira. But still, at a dog, that I, that shocks me that he's a dog. Randy Brown, if you want to go see something that shakes you a little bit, go watch him fight Mickey Gall. You'll be like, what the fuck did I just watch? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So that's it for the prelim card and if you haven't noticed our ankle pick or ankle lock of the week still is yet to be named baby so good stuff coming stay tuned country club kobe give us the results for the 
MCC because I'm no longer in the basement. Yeah. Stealing the thunder a little bit. Reese digs his way out of the cellar with another goose egg from Park. DK still in the lead. About two and a half ahead of myself. Six ahead of Reese, who is three ahead of Park. That's all I've ever needed. Three ahead of Park. So that'll be our order. By the way, for those wondering, who's Parker? (laughs) He's our resident traveler on the pod. Rasta, Rasta Parker. Rasta Park resident Dominican expert. Our international correspondent. Feels that way. So with that being said, reverse order here. We got what? Danny, Kobe, me? That's it. All right. Look at that. My photographic memory holds up. So Hasn't changed in weeks. No, it really hasn't, other than me getting out of the cellar. But the order remains the same because Parker doesn't show up. So let's start it off. First fight on the main card, and this is UFC 261. It is pay-per-view. Dana's cracking down on stream, so don't get caught. Saturday, April 24th, 9 p.m., Jacksonville. There is a crowd here, yes? Oh, yeah, full crowd. Full capacity. No masks. Should be loud as hell. All I've ever wanted. Liberal Kobe's upset, but I'm gassing up. I'm geared. I'm happy. So this is good stuff. I know I saw Joe Rogan's going to be cage side there on the broadcast crew. I believe DC as well. So they're not scared to know COVID-19. So live crowd in Jacksonville. This is going to be a wild time. I'm happy to see it back. I'm going to have my TV full blast. Let's get it to it, man. Starting it off, light heavyweight bout, Anthony Lionheart Smith versus Jimmy Crute. And I believe, I don't totally remember from our set the spread episode. All I remember is the W. So I'll get the lines out here. We got Jimmy Crute minus 190, Anthony Smith plus 165. <clears throat> yeah, uh, Smith has just not been the same since that illegal knee from John Jones, and he chose to continue. Um, he recently got a win over Devin Clark with a very simple triangle, but he didn't really show me much there in terms of being back to normal. Um, for me, he's, he, he just should be durable enough to – and, and have a decent enough fight IQ to not get separated from conscious here. I don't see him getting knocked out. And uh, Crute just got that quick KO in his last fight that I think is playing into an this line KO a little. Too. An easy KO, too. He got right. two minutes in, I believe. Right, right. It, it, right over, over De- Modestus Bukowskis. Yeah, and then he got a round one sub against uh, – a- uh, Michelle uh, Olisiacek, or he just recently fought on that. Like Jacek? Oh, yeah, Olisiacek, whatever the fuck. Yeah, I just don't think I don't think Lionheart will get subbed either. Um, no, I agree with you. I'm just saying. Crucible. I'm hesitant to pick either of these guys, so I'm gonna go with the over one and a half minus one eighty five. Mm. Pick up some free small change. I know DK said that he doesn't see Lionheart getting subbed, but I'm going to take it with that steep line. It's actually plus 765, and I'm just looking at that where I'll take it. Okay. So Lionheart's got good jits. Yeah, he does. He does. And Glover's a different beast. But, again, so I I was going to actually come into this. I like Jimmy Crude a lot. I like the 190 a lot. I do, though. Again, I worry about size. I worry about experience. Anthony Smith, honestly, more of a veteran than maybe anybody 
been around a block a lot, cut from the UFC, back to the UFC, whole thing. And he's faced absolute killers. I mean, he's not scared of Jimmy Crute by any means. Dan, I, I'm, I'm going to agree with you. I think that I wanted the KOTKO. The line being at 170, though, Lionheart's, I'm with you. I don't think he gets tapped here. I, I think Jimmy Crute has a tough test. So I actually wanted Lionheart via decision here. That line's kind of cheeks. It's only plus like 350. And I just don't see the value there. So it's just, it's only, it's really the bet that I, I really see it happening is one of these guys winning by decision. I don't see, I think, and I think the veteran gets it done. I'm going to take Anthony Smith and I'm going to do it plus three. I just said it. I'm going to do plus 350. Anthony Smith gets it done via decision. I love me those vets, man. I love me those vets because just really quick before we get to the next fight. And I know I say it over and over again, but when you're getting into those second round, third round late, and you need to make the make decisions based on how to get yourself. I mean, I say Bobby Knuckles is one of the best of it at the card. It's just, that's why I won those Yoel decisions because he just knows how to just win the decision when it hits the card. And that's something that veterans just learn through time. They learn over being in a lot of decisions. And Anthony Smith is a guy who probably has 50, 60 fights on his record at this point. So with that being said, I, I like that decision play. I just wish the line was a little higher. So if you are listening to this, don't bet the 350 decision. The, the 165 is better value. This is more of a, a purpose of the game here. Moving up the card, as always, we got the second fight. And, and Danny and Kobe, for those who were not – we couldn't hear, we weren't recording yet. We're kind of dogging this card a little bit. And I think this is the worst fight of them all. Middleweight bout, Uriah Hall versus Chris Weidman. I remember it being 110 each way. I, I'm sure there's been a little bit of movement in the opposite direction. Chris Weidman minus 125, Uriah Hall plus 105. And th this is a weird one. It's a sneaky rematch. This is Weidman versus Hall 2. They actually fought, um, I want to say – five or six years ago and man has time not been friendly to either of these guys <laughs> that is a totally different fight than now uh yes in two no 11 years ago oh in 2010 chris weidman in ring of combat uh beat uriah hall in round one via punches that is a very different chris weidman and a very different uriah hall yes it is 11 chris years weidman, is a long chris time chris weidman has after that last fight where me that caused you Malort shot, I, I am still shook by how terrible he looked. Yeah, so I've said that before and I'm I don't I can save the rant for this episode, but I, I think that Chris Weidman is one of the most overrated UFC fighters of all time, overrated champions. He's always been chinny. He's only getting older, he's only getting slower, he's only losing his cardio. Hall as unpredictable as he is. He's pretty decent at finishing aging legends. And I, and I say legends in quotes um, because of what I just said about Chris, the all-American idiot. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with – I'm going to go with Uriah Hall inside the disc. No, fuck it. Just give me Uriah Hall. Just give me the straight-up Uriah Hall. Give me the plus money. Chris Wyman sucks, and I don't want to complicate things. I just want to root against him. That moment when Uriah Hall's on his back round three and Danny's screaming like the <laughs> back metal I mean, fight. <laughs> we, we, we saw versus Omari Akhmedov, Chris Weidman gas. 
You think he's gonna yeah. wrestle fuck Uriah Hall for three rounds? No, I just worry about Uriah Hall. I'm I'm a perma fade Uriah Hall. Seriously, I'm on the perma fade Uriah Hall team, and he's not even a team alpha male guy. And I still think I'm gonna be on him here, but I don't want to give Kobe any early insights. Kobe, go ahead. I'm a permafade Chris Weidman guy, and I just don't trust his chin, so I'm going to go by KOTKO, Uriah Hall, plus 225. Uh, you guys kind of put my ass in a blender here. My ass is in the jackpot because you guys both took Uriah Hall. I like Uriah Hall, but as the basement dweller, I'm going to go Weidman, and I'm going to do it by decision at plus 195. I think that if Weidman, if this sees the mat, not only could I see Uriah Hall quitting, in all honesty, I've seen it before, um, but telling you couldn't see Weidman just laying on him for, for, for three rounds and all of us just snoozing and getting drinks during this $70 pay-per-view that we're all going to buy. Weidman's too old to do that for three rounds. No, he's, no matter how old he is and how shitty he looks and everything – he still will always have a phenomenal wrestling background, no matter how much you don't like him. And Ryan Hall is more of a kickboxer anyways. And he was getting destroyed by Bevan Lewis before that straight right, which was a great straight right. Don't kid yourself there. But I don't know. I think I, I might see some value there in that by decision. Okay. We were monkeying around. Now it's business, gentlemen. The title fights have begun. Kicking it off. Women's flyweight bout. Balatina, the bullet Shevchenko, 20 and 3 versus Jessica Andrade. The line here is massive, but it's the best line you'll ever get on Balatina. Minus 450 Shevchenko plus 360 Andrade. Yep. I think I said on the set the spread episode, Balatina is one of the top martial artists in the world in any capacity striking grappling all of it she can beat you anywhere she has so many weapons she can finish you head kicks submissions you name it uh she's by far the better striker in this matchup she slicks submissions decent defensive wrestling even though jennifer maya took her down and probably won around that was pretty sketchy but she i think she's gonna come out pissed because of that and come out on a war path and draws looked absolutely awesome no doubt about it in her first fight at 125 demolishing chukagian um, I just think that she's going to get out class here. It's a bad matchup for anyone fighting Valentina. Because of the line, you kind of have to get cute with it, especially if you're playing a game where you don't have to put real money behind it. So I'm going to go with Valentina inside the distance. And the number for that is plus 125. Interesting. Ooh, I'm on the other side of that. I'm going to take the same way that you got to get cute with the game. I'm still going to take Valentina, but I'm going to take her by decision plus 140. Yeah, Kobe, I'm more in the likes of you. I was kind of thinking decision or KOTKO. I'm really on the fence. And as much as I like Andrade, and as much as that Jennifer Maya wrestling scares me when you look at Andrade as a wrestler. I keep going back to that Whaley Zhang fight and she rushed in and got absolutely clipped and just put out. And Shevchenko is just so lethal on the feet. I think I got to go KOTKO. Head I'm kick gonna, incoming. Yeah. I, honestly, a Jessica I head kick to the temple. So I, I'm going to just ride that. I think I'm going to go Shevchenko wins by TKO KO plus 215. 
Awesome. Yeah, I'm excited for that one, to be honest with you. I think I think out of all the title fights, even though the line doesn't totally in, indict it, I, I actually think that one's the most likely to flip. And I'm with you, Danny. I think Shevchenko is unbelievable. The, the best mixed martial artist the UFC has in the roster. But that that Jennifer Maya fight, I've, I've been watching it. I, I'm If Andrade chooses to wrestle... Andrade's decision potentially incoming. I, I, Back I in the bigger cage too. Lots of space. Lots of, and I, and I don't, some of I mean, the best footwork in the world. Let's face it. Usman's not going to lose. I really don't see a scenario. I think we're going to see a lot of Anu tonight. Or to and Saturday. New. Or no. Well, and I think we're going to see a lot of Anne still yeah. on Saturday. None of that was correct. And I think if I had to pick one to flip, it would be this one, which is shocking to me to say. I just – and the reason why I'm going to preface this next fight, ankle lock of the week. The Women's Strawweight Championship, Weili Zhang versus Rose Namajunas. We are all over Weili Zhang here. It's a totally different beast than Namajunas has ever faced before. I think Weili Zhang can get it done anywhere she pleases, very similar to Valentina. I think it's going to be on the feet, and as much as I love Rose, and I really do love Rose, I don't think this one's going to last very long. I think Weili Zhang, it won't even be much of a sweat. And after just going five-round war with J.J. in a fight-of-the-year type fight. I know the MMA math tells you, well, Rose finished J.J. and whatever. I, I, I like Wei Lee here quite a bit, to be honest with you. And the more I watch her, the more impressed I am, and I wouldn't be surprised. I think Wei Lee can really win it wherever she chooses to go. Yeah, I'm right there with you. This is a really, really tough situation for Rose. She's trying to climb that mountain again, get her gold back. Um, she, she has great – movement great footwork the reach advantage and the height advantage here um probably a small grappling advantage because just because we've never seen way lee and she's been pretty vocal in the lead up that she's going to try and take way lee down and take her back get a rear naked choke and i mean it's a good game plan on paper i just don't see it happening way lee is so that. much stronger so much more powerful yeah. so much faster more accurate she's she's got the, an unpredictable kind of way she takes takes angles and faints and, and, and the deciding factor for me is the pace that she's going to set and keep. I see a lot of Rose running here while uh, Wei Lee gets in her face and just punches hard, lands big, big connections. Um, I and, see Rose is kind of a sports car. The later, yeah. round, the later this fight goes, the worse it is for her. Wei Lee throws hard. I mean, we're talking like hard. You watch her stouch on Drage, and so sometimes you see fighters and you're like, oh, you know, split decision off JJ, Rose beat JJ twice, and, and it doesn't always work that way. You know, you want to try to figure out scenarios. I, the Jessica Aguilar armbar was phenomenal. If you watch that back, it was phenomenal. Set up well. She fucking almost yanked that arm and took it with her. Most, even Whaley Zhang's title run. I mean, she beats, she gets three fights. She beats Tisha Torres and then takes the belt from Andrade in 45 seconds. That's crazy, dude. Defends it against JJ. I just think the other thing too that I'd be remiss if I didn't mention, 21 and one. Very similar to the champion on the top of this card, Kamaru Usman. Their first loss is their first fight ever. 
And, and that could be a ton of different things. Experience, a mental mistake, taking a fight you probably shouldn't have. Anyways, rips off 20 straight since then, 21 straight since then. And I, I don't see this one being any different. I see 22 straight and still. Yep, I'm right there with you. So with that little um, rant being said, I guess we might as well try to get cute with it and get these picks in. Uh, I am going to go with – what is the difference between TKO and inside the distance? Does anyone see those numbers? Yeah, so the TKO for Whaley Zhang is plus 255. Whaley Zhang inside the distance is plus 200, so 55 points. Let's get extra cute. Give me the 255 TKO and still. I don't hate that at all. I really don't. Um, I'm going to go Whaley Zhang decision plus 170. Five rounder. You know what? It really just came down to I'm going to pick Valentina and Whaley both by decision. Hopefully one of them hits for the game. They're both plus money. I mean, can yeah, I mean, not a bad bet when you're looking at women's MMA. But can Thug Rose, can we get another legendary DC call? Thug Rose, Thug Rose. I don't think so. I, I, I really don't. I'm going to go. I'm going to follow suit with Danny here. No need to get too cute. I think she could threaten the submission, but Rose is too smart, too limble, and and um, honestly, too dexterous, <laughs> to be honest with you. I'll take the two, two uh, what do we get? 255, KOT, KO, Whaley Zhang. Bang, bang. And honestly, I think it might be sooner rather than later. As much as I love Rose, I think the – I don't know what the buy round is – and I don't want to be like that guy who's like getting like ridiculous with it. But like Whaley Zhang wins by TKO KO round one plus 900. <laughs> Crazy. Round two plus 1200. Like a little sprinkle if you're down on the evening. You might see me do it. It could be fun. Yeah. And even three, four, and five. I don't think Rose has been to round four except for once in her career. Oh, I mean, she really hasn't, she really hasn't had that many, like not necessarily main events or five round fights, but like well, her two five round fights, JJ or fights. two JJ fights. Yeah. And one of them ended in the first. Yeah. So to strikes. So crazy. I mean, I, the other thing too, that I want to mention, I've been looking at this way, uh, this Zang line for a while now. And honestly, for those listening, thinking about, do I get in around this 200 210 price? I really do think that as we get closer, it's going to see another dip just because Rose brings all that. I mean, I know Kobe said he might've taken Rose plus the points. I know I have a lot of friends who just, I still think there's value at that 200 price. I think we, John way Lee is that great. I do Rose too. also fight on the last Usman Masvidal card. Rose on. Yeah. Draj. She fought in Josh. Yeah. It was yeah. on the same One, card. That was a decision. That was a, a three round split. split decision. Yeah. Split, yeah, and then Rose finishes JJ twice, and now you got a split decision for uh, Wei Lee. That was a crazy fight, though. That was a crazy fucking fight. Okay, I mean, most most people Wei Lee finishes there. Let's not get that twisted. Rose included. Um, okay, mm-hmm. let's. She looked like ET after that. JJ did. Yeah, she did. She really did. It was just what a wild one. I know. Okay, so finishing off this 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 night, I. Mixed reviews in the card all in all. I think these title fights, he kind of jammed three together because they all are – I mean, I'm excited for all of them. They're just – but this one probably is going to be 
the most decisive of them all. Kamaru Usman, main event against George Jorge Masvidal. The line here, not surprisingly, is Usman minus 440. George plus 350 here. Yeah, I'm not going to go too deep into analysis here uh, because I've said many times, styles make fights. And for this one, uh, we just took Usman Masvidal out the fridge, popped it in the microwave, and we've got Usman Masvidal too. Um, It's a rematch no one asked for. It's crazy to think that the idiot judge who's scoring um, Cejudo over DJ is leading a butterfly back butterfly back chain of reactions that's leading to this and the stupid <laughs> boxing event last week um it's fucking wild to think about that one stupid judge affecting the sport so much but i i'm going to go with the exact same results as last time 50 45 minus 130 usman by decision so dan i have a follow-up question after this but i was looking at the lines i'm also on the exact same page i'm not taking anything different Usman by unanimous decision is plus 105. (laughs) Talk about getting cute. (laughs) I mean, there's zero chance. That's where I'm on. I don't know if that makes a difference. That's a good number. No, I won't change, but that is a good number. I I like it. The only thing I'll say, and as far as like tracking how this line moves, we're all sitting here saying that Usman's going to win. We don't see any reason how Jorge could come out on top here. Listen to the press conference today. I know it's in Florida and Masvidal is a Florida guy and Miami guy. And obviously this is up in Jacksonville. There's just like a ton of energy on Jorge. I, I, like a lot of people that want to root for him. A lot of people that just want to take the line because it's so steep. Like, is there any chance this line comes down a little bit between now and fight day? I think it, it op- could. It opened at minus 300 for Usman the first go around. And again, that was on short notice for Masvidal, but. It could. You might see the four disappear, a 390, but even still, I mean, if it hits a three, I imagine some shark's going to come in and just dump it all. I mean, the only way I see that – the only way I see Masvidal winning is the same way that Masvidal's won his past couple real fights is an act of God. It's a a perfectly timed right straight dropping Darren Till in Liverpool. It's – a four-second knockout versus Ben Askren running across the cage. It's he's gonna have to catch something, catch Kamaru with something so unexpected and random. I just don't see thing, it happening. The thing about Usman, and I've said this before, that guy has a chin of absolute steel. It's insane to me. And he's got the mental and the physical. And the thing is, is he's a freak athlete. No one will ever debate that. Absolute freak. Pound for pound, one of the craziest athletes the UFC has. But his mental is just as impressive. To a T, it's just as impressive. It shocks me, honestly. He got rocked. Was it against Gilbert that he got rocked for a yeah. second? In his yeah. last fight, he got rocked but not dropped. Still has never not been rocked, dropped in his UFC dropped. career. And, and he, even when he got rocked, it's like almost any other fighter I worry. And I was like, just oh, turn him into another gear. Didn't even worry. Yeah, and I you look at a guy like Jorge Masvidal. You're saying that he's got killer knockout power. The dude went to a decision with Damian Maya. What kind of killer knockout power you got yeah. going to a decision with Dam- decision loss to Eli Akinta? No, you can't have those. The other thing too that I'd be ashamed if I didn't remen- uh, mention is not only does he have the mental and the physical, but he's got that pride trash talk thing where it's like. 
you kind of just know going in that he won't lose it. You know what I mean? He'd rather die than lose it. He wants to be champion. He wants to stay champion. He wants decisively stay champion. And that's why Kobe and Danny, you guys are both on uh, decision, correct? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's why I'm actually going to take Usman and I'm going to do it in the distance because I know George is a, or Jorge's a guy who's in, near impossible to get out of the ring, but Usman plus 290. I think Usman's going to try to make a point here. I really do. I think he's going to try to really make a point that I think he feels disrespected by this rematch nobody wants. I feel like he didn't finish Masvidal last time out and was kind of embarrassed by it. I remember hearing him talk about it being like, I don't know what happened. I, I could have finished him for sure. I, I think we're going to have possibly Jorge's head bouncing off the canvas round three. But I'll, uh, I'll I'll take I'll take Usman wins by uh, wins inside the distance plus two ninety. Not that a submission is likely, but I don't totally want to bank on the KOTKO here. I get you. Good pick. Thank you, friend. Thank you. Also, another interesting play that I was looking at. Not that like it's totally like crazy, but an an and still parlay is not that bad of a bet. And it is a lot to ask because it's three big fights, but it pays plus 130. So basically you're getting odds that basically it's saying that it is the most likely outcome is one of the belts switch hands. You're getting plus 130 that they won't. I like that bet. That might right? seem like card. Right, right. Doesn't it seem like all of them are going to stay? And then if you don't want to get like, let's say you're like, okay, Let's just say, even though there's no way Whaley, I mean, 190 is the really the bringing it down. But like, you could even take Usman Shevchenko at minus 200. Like, that's not bad. That's not bad. These guys, this is like the most mix-mashed title fights I've seen in a while. So any last words before we, we sign off for this week and, and just wish well-being for the – oh, uh, PFL tomorrow. Anthony Pettis is fighting for those who might be bored. And, and Today, by the time this comes out. Today, you're right. Friday night, PFL. For those who want to watch, it's a big card. I saw two two things listed on best fight odds, so I don't know how they're doing it here. But a couple notable names on that PFL card. Anything else, boys? Any grappling, Dan? Nothing? There, there's submission underground this Sunday, I think. I'm not sure who's in the card. I'm sure Mason Fowler is going to be there. I'm sure there's a tag team match, ATT uh, defending their belt. Who knows? So if you want to be like Danny, tune in Sunday for Submission Underground. And we'll catch you guys next week. It's always a pleasure. Thanks for listening. Poha! Poha! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.